You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Yeah, oh, I am a scientist. Yeah, oh, I am a scientist. Yeah, oh, I am a scientist. We gotta live on science alone. Welcome to Unbiased Science, where we bring scientific method to the madness. We're your hosts, Dr. Jessica Steyer and Dr. Andrea Love. And boy, do we have an exciting update for you guys. It's been a work in progress, but we have finally launched our brand new Unbiased Science website, and we have lots of really exciting features that we can't wait for you to check out. Most importantly, uh, we pride ourselves on being evidence-based, and so you know, we obviously we refer to quite a few studies and articles in each and every episode. So we've provided links to some of the um, resources that we reference every week. So you can find that um, broken down by episode. You can click on the episode, get those links. Um, We also have another very exciting update, which is that we are releasing some merch. You guys have seen that we wear our t-shirts, our sweatshirts. Um, We also have mugs. And some of you guys have expressed an interest in also rocking the Unbiased Science gear. And so you can now do that. You can check out our website. And right now we have six items that are for sale. And yeah, we can't wait to see you rocking the gear and hope that you'll send us some photos. I'm super excited about um, the new website, Jess. And in addition to having links on each podcast page, we're also going to be able to uh, embed graphics. So something that um, our listeners who maybe don't follow social media um, as often have always expressed, oh, I wish that, you know, you had a picture for what you're describing on a given episode. And, you know, we're really excited to now say that we will be able to share some of these graphics, some of these, um, you know, images, things that will help you better able to visualize the topics that we're discussing. Um, and on top of that, we're going to have a lot, a lot of additional features on the website. We're going to have it directly linked um, to our social media pages. So you can go and interface with with all of our other posts that maybe are not immediately relevant to an episode, but are relevant to kind of what's going on in the world, like a lot of our ongoing COVID-19 updates. Um, and we all also are going to have a little donation button. So if you guys do feel inclined to send us a little bit of money to help offset, um, you know, recording costs and, and website um, upkeep, that's always greatly appreciated. Yes. And for those who are less tech savvy, uh, mom, I'm looking at you. My mother, every week, she's like, I want to listen to what your, you know, to, to your podcast, but I have no idea how to find it, where to find it. I mentioned Spotify, Apple, she has no clue what I'm talking about. So now you could just go to the website and listen to the episodes directly if that's an issue for you. Although I guess if you're listening to this now, it probably isn't. But there <laughs> you have it. We welcome you to check out our website. We're very excited about it. Um, always looking for your feedback. So please feel free to let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, we'll keep tweaking it and letting you guys know about, um, you know, any updates. So okay, so let's just recap what we talked about last week. Uh, We continued our conversation on organic foods. Again, you know, what does that label mean? What it doesn't mean. We talk about uh, some misconceptions about environmental and ecological impact of organic foods and organic farming. 
uh, Andrea, you did a really great job breaking down uh, hormones and antibiotics in conventional foods and the implications of having those present in foods. We spent a little time talking about animal welfare. And we also talked about the Dirty Dozen, which is this list uh, put out by the EWG every year. Uh, we talk about, you know, its value or lack thereof, and some conflicts of interest of the EWG, uh, again, which is the organization that puts out the list. So if you didn't listen, please go back and give that episode a listen. It's actually a two-part episode. We had lots to say. And frankly, we have a lot more to say, but maybe we'll cover <laughs> cover that on future episodes. But since it's a new year, we wanted to start fresh. We know that many people are looking to improve their health habits, and we thought it only appropriate that we dig into the topic of detoxes and cleanses. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about what what are these detoxes and cleanses? What do they actually do? And why do they get so much attention? So Andrea, do you want to kick things off and tell us what they are? Yeah, sure, Jess. So, you know, there's, it's a broad catch-all, but, you know, in, in the context of the wellness industry, um, you know, detoxes or cleanses are marketed as a variety of detoxification diets, regimens, or therapies. These are things that are promoted or advertised as ways to remove toxins from your body, lose weight, or promote general health and well-being. Um, these, again, are advertised to be the short-term intervention designed to, you know, reboot your body, uh, eliminate toxins, promote health. Um, they, they range from a variety of different things, um, from fasting, um, drinking only juices or other liquid diets, other modification approaches with your diet, and routinely uh, involve the use of supplements, laxatives, diuretics, herbal remedies, um, and, and many of them also involve uh, the use of things like enemas or colon hydrotherapies, as well as saunas. Um, you're going to find these kind of all over the place. And these might be advertised commercially. So it could be an organization or company selling supplements or selling a, a juice um, formulation, selling pills. Um, it could be offered at, at a health or a wellness center, or it could be part of uh, naturopathic or homeopathic treatments. And, and mm -hmm. naturopathy and homeopathy are topics for another episode, but again, um, that's kind of how they're marketed. For sure. And, you know, I, I think this is very timely because these, these detoxes are all the rage with social media influencers. So I just wanted to point out, um, you know, the Kardashians in particular and a lot of other um, reality TV stars have promoted so many of these. The one that comes to mind that I see all the time is Flat Tummy Tea. Um, other celebrities have come out, uh, in particular, uh, Jamila Jamil comes to mind. Um, they've, you know, they've really ex expressed their frustration. They feel that these, um, you know, these ads perpetuate unfair and unrealistic body norms, and they use really misleading marketing tactics. Um, in fact, and I know we're going to talk about this, many detox teas, in including the flat tummy tea that I just referenced, are, they're simply just loaded with laxatives and diuretics, which, sure, up front, they might cause weight loss on the scale, um, but this should not be confused for any kind of sustained fat loss. Um, 
this particular product, like so many others, and we'll talk about a couple of the more popular fad diets, are not imp- uh, not approved by the U.S. Uh, Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. And there are side effects. There are dangers. Um, on the uh, the tummy tea website or flat tea, whatever it's called, flat tummy tea, uh, you know, they say that side effects can include cramping, stomach pains, diarrhea, and dehydration. Um, so yeah, so later in this episode, we'll talk more about FDA regulation and lack thereof. But yeah, sorry. No, Go on. Keep going, Jess. <laughs> no, I was going to say, can you tell us, you know, what what is the definition of, of of toxin. What is it that we're trying to remove from our body, Andrea? Can you break it yeah, down? <laughs> sure, Jess. It's it's funny. Before I do that, you know, yeah. I I was a competitive judo player for many years, you know, when I was younger, um, you know, through my preteens and teens. And and of course, um, you know, we compete at a particular weight category and and often that's below what your walking around weight is. Um, and you know, a very a very common strategy, you know, to make weight uh, before a tournament is, you know, crash dieting or, or you know, dehydrating in the sauna or by, mm-hmm. you know, taking diuretics or things like that. Obviously not healthy things. Um, you know, it, it's something where that practice, which was used to kind of fake the scale out, right? You're just, de- you're just, you're just washing out um, water weight or, you know, food weight in your body um, to seem like you're lighter um, has really kind of taken the world by force with these, um, you know, kind of pop culture diets. So, right. And they're not long-term solutions. You know, we'll talk about that later, but there's also frequently a bounce back. It's like you're like depriving yourself, you're, you're starving your body. And then at the end, you know, people often either snap back or they'll reward themselves and undo, I don't even want to call it, you know, progress. Cause it's not, as you just said, it's really, it's often just like shedding water weight. It's not any kind of sustained real, you know, fat weight loss, um, done in any kind of healthy way. So we'll definitely spend some more time talking about that, but that's such an interesting anecdote. I didn't realize that you did that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not healthy, you know, certainly right. it's caused some, uh, some mm. food issues, uh, you right. know, as, as I got older, but, but, right. um, but anyway, so, so what actually is detoxification? So, so again, this really depends on what your definition of a toxin is. So in medicine in science and medicine, detoxing refers to a legitimate medical procedure that is ridding the body of dangerous, often life-threatening levels of alcohol, drugs, or poisons. So these are acute toxicities. Um, Patients undergoing medical detoxification are treated in a hospital or a medical clinic. This treatment is typically involving the use of drugs or other therapies um, that's going to depend on the type and the severity of toxicity. So for something like uh, treating acute alcoholism, that's going to involve, you know, helping that person overcome uh, withdrawal symptoms and effects from essentially excreting alcohol and byproducts from their body. So in medical detoxification, that's going to involve your renal and hepatic excretion of these substances and of their metabolites. Um, Again, in medical detoxification, there's also a process called chelation. And this allows us to bind heavy metals and excrete. And this is in the case of acute toxicity. Um, say someone ingested heavy metal poison or something like that. Now, this is very distinctly different from what the word and the meaning now means with regard to the wellness industry. So this has ultimately all been manipulated by the wellness industry. 
and and yes, this is an industry. The estimated global value of the wellness industry if is 4.5 trillion with a T dollars per year. And the segment called healthy eating, nutrition and weight loss has a 702 billion dollar global revenue. So it's a huge industry. It's a huge amount of revenue and products that are being sold. And these products are being marketed to people to remove alleged toxins and these are things that are non-toxic at the rates we are exposed to them, um, but are often promoted or advertised to be some sort of accumulation and lead to broad spectrums of symptoms like headache, bloating, joint pain, fatigue, depression, all of these things that are very generic and nonspecific and have, you know, probably underlying causes in a variety of different medical issues. Um, And I think something we're going to talk more about is these detox products, not medical detox, but wellness detox products are not prescription. These are retail products. They're sold at stores, online, at spas. um, And these are going to be advertised as being useful for detoxifying your liver or detoxifying your kidney. Um, Sometimes they're going to be called whole body cleanses or reboot cleanses or things like that. Mm -hmm. So Andrea, you, you watch The Office, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you remember the episode where they're in they're in some sort of a competition and they're weighing themselves? They're in competition with the other um, branches of Dunder Mifflin. Oh, yes. And so poor Kelly is doing this this diet, which we're going to talk about in a moment. It's actually the master cleanse diet. Um, and she basically she's like so sick. She has these crazy dark circles under her eyes. She's she's in like a cold sweat and she ends up collapsing. That that's the visual I have in the back. I don't know if you know the scene I'm talking about, but I do. So can we talk about the master cleanse diet? Just because I think this is, you know, favored and touted by a number of Hollywood celebrities. Um, It involves, so dieters take a quart of warm salt water in the morning. They consume a 60 ounce concoction of water, lemon juice, maple syrup, and cayenne pepper throughout the day. And they finish with a cup of laxative tea in the evening. Proponents of the master cleanse diet recommend adhering to it for at least 10 days. So I know you're, you're going to point out some real risks involved in this, but you're basically taking in no calories on a liquid diet, nothing of any nutritional value, and then you're taking laxatives to rid yourself of excess water weight, which does not sound super healthy to me. Um, can you walk us through some of the the risks involved? Yeah, absolutely, Jess. I mean, you you know, I think I think people that generally have a good understanding of of healthy nutrition can probably extrapolate that. But but let's kind of break it down in, in more detail. So so obviously, if you look at that, you know, you're doing this for ten days. There's there's no protein. There's no fatty acids. There's no essential micronutrients. Um, you're getting you know your your calories from this diet. Um, and if you could see me, I'm putting diet in air quotes here. Um, <laughs> From carbohydrates, the maple syrup, right? Um, and that's 600 calories per day, basically, based on the recipe that that the Master Cleanse um, promotes. 
on top of that, taking a laxative daily is extremely dangerous. That can cause severe dehydration, cause additional electrolyte depletion, and it can also really impair bowel function, Um, particularly if you're talking about stimulant laxatives, which artificially cause your intestines to contract, which is to force stool out. Um, That can lead to a variety of you know, more long-term issues with your GI and colorectal tract, including things like fissures and fistulas. Um, It can also disrupt your gut microbiome. So, you know, we, we hear this in the news all the time, probiotics, prebiotics, things like that. Now, normally in your body, you have all of these bacteria and microorganisms that um, help help you extract nutrients from food. There are certain vitamins and minerals that that humans by themselves can't digest and the bacteria in your gut actually do the digestion for you. So you can actually use those nutrients. So if you're taking laxatives and things like that, that artificially flush your GI tract out, you can actually disrupt the populations of healthy bacteria in your body. You also have a really, really pronounced risk of developing a condition called metabolic acidosis, which basically means that you've disrupted your body's acid-base balance or a buffer system, which can result in acidity developing in the blood. And metabolic acidosis, if untreated or if very severe, can, can lead to coma and even death. Holy cow. Okay. And these, I mean, you just scared the the poop out of me. <laughs> there, there are also other risks. So, you know, in this particular diet, the master cleanse plan, you know, cayenne pepper um, is, is, a, is a part of the diet. And that, of course, can irritate, you know, you, you just described some of this, Andrea, but it can irritate the colon, making this regimen a concern for people with sensitive digestive systems, um, such as people who suffer from IBS, as one example. Um, other side effects of the this particular cleanse may include bad breath, dizziness, diarrhea, and a white tongue, according to its website. I mean, it's sign me up. The website's advertising that. That sounds (laughs) like a joy. Lovely. Um, Juice cleanses are not a good idea for people with diabetes uh, who may be on medication to regulate insulin activity because these these cleanses, these diets, may lead to unstable blood sugar levels. Uh, Further, people taking certain drugs, uh, one example is the blood thinner Coumadin, should stay away from this because some of the green juices could contain vegetables high in vitamin K, such as kale, spinach, parsley, and celery, which can lessen the drug's effectiveness. And I know that there are other uh, fruit juices, uh, grapefruit juice comes to mind, um, which can be, um, you know, contraindicated or can lessen the effectiveness of, of certain drugs. So basically, in a nutshell, these cleanses should not be taken lightly. They they are major lifestyle changes, especially the ones that go on for, you know, over a week. You should always discuss this with your own medical provider who's familiar with your medical history, your potential risk factors, any medications you're taking to determine whether this is something you should even be considering. Throughout history, royals across the world were notorious for incest. They married their own relatives in order to consolidate power and keep their blood blue. But they were oblivious to the havoc all this inbreeding was having on the health of their offspring. From Egyptian pharaohs marrying their own sisters to the Habsburgs notoriously over 
oversized lower jaws. I explore the most shocking incestuous relationships and tragically inbred individuals in royal history. And that's just episode one. On the History Tea Time podcast, I profile remarkable queens and LGBTQ plus royals, explore royal family trees, and delve into women's medical history and other fascinating topics. I'm Lindsay Holiday, and I'm spilling the tea on history. Join me every Tuesday for new episodes of the History Tea Time podcast, wherever fine podcasts are enjoyed. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. So, you know, the, the premise of doing these cleanses and other types of liquid detox regimens is false. The body is magical. <laughs> it's incredible. It does not need any help in getting rid of toxins because we have our amazing detox system, also known as kidneys and liver. And also, Andrea, I know you feel very strong that we have to make the distinction. These diets, even though they say they are, they, of course, they're not actually removing any toxins. Do you want to talk a little bit more about our beautiful kidneys and excretory system? <laughs> yes, I would love to. So, you know, the urinary system or excretory system is, is obviously the primary function is to filter your blood and create urine as a waste byproduct. Um, so you have obviously your kidneys and then of course other organs involved like the renal pelvis, uh, the ureter, the bladder, and the urethra. But ultimately what you're doing, the kidneys have these amazing filtration um, apparatus in them. You, um, your body, body, when you're digesting food, you are extracting nutrients, so calories, micronutrients, macromolecules, all those things, and converting that to energy so that your body can use it. Um, that's your functional byproduct of eating. And then after you've taken those food components and the nutrients, all those waste products are going to be left behind in the blood and in the bowel. So the kidney and the urinary systems help to eliminate that liquid waste, and the liquid waste is called urea. And um, we keep the chemicals, so salts and things like that, so salt, potassium, sodium, water, they, it all balances that out. That's called um, isotonic balance. Um, urea is produced when, when foods that have protein, so meats, poultry, vegetables, um, you know, vegetarian protein sources like soy, of course, um, are broken down in the body. The urea is carried to the kidneys via the bloodstream where it's filtered out along with any excess water and any additional wastes. And then that's urinated out in the form of urine. So ultimately your kidneys are going to remove waste products and drugs from the body. 
balance the body's fluids. So water balance is really critical. And that also involves electrolyte balance. So in your body, you have a certain level of salts relative to the concentration of water. Um, and then, and you also, the, the kidneys also help to regulate blood pressure by releasing hormones um, and help with um, red blood cell production. So kidneys are an amazing organ. They do a lot of this waste excretion. Um, a lot, a lot of medications that we take on a routine basis as well are excreted via urine. Um, ones that are not are going to be excreted via the alternate pathway, which is through our liver. So the liver is the other organ that's involved in our true detoxification. Um, so liver is part of our digestive system and the liver has over 500 functions. But the biggest thing that the liver does is it produces bile, um, and this enables us to regulate and, and excrete chemical waste. Um, and this helps basically take waste products from the liver and pass them um, into either the blood or into the intestines via your stool. So the liver processes blood, it breaks down, balances, and creates nutrients. It also helps metabolize drugs into forms that are either easier to use for the body, depending on if it's a medication that you need, um, or it actually breaks it down into a non-toxic byproduct to be excreted. In addition, it also helps regulate and produce proteins for your blood. It helps regulate and produce cholesterol to help carry fats through the body. Um, it also, the bile production also helps us digest and break down fats in the small intestine. Um, it enables us to convert ammonia, which is the first byproduct, um, using um kind of our excretory system into urea, which is that end product that we ultimately urinate. So they work very closely together. Um, and of course, it also clears the blood of other poisonous substances. For example, alcohol is metabolized in the liver. Um, and ultimately, once it does all of those jobs, it excretes those byproducts into either the bile or the blood. The bile byproducts will enter the intestine and will leave the body in feces. And then the blood byproducts will then go to the kidneys and be filtered and excreted by the kidneys in the form of urine. So they work in concert together. They do all of these amazing jobs that enable us to tr like in the truest sense of the word, detoxify our body. Thank you, kidneys and liver. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Wait, one more fun fact about the liver. Yeah. Um, and I know most people know this, but it's the only organ that can fully regenerate. So it's even more incredible. I did not know that. No. I guess I should know that. Oh, my gosh. Is that embarrassing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, duh, Jessica. Um, okay. I, I wanted to spend a little time talking specifically about juice cleanses. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll talk in a minute about a very popular juice cleanse. A lot of people in my life have done it, the celery juice cleanse. So let, let's let's talk about it. And Andrew, I think, you know, you you touched on this earlier, but the first really big issue with cleanses is that they're usually very low in protein. Um, many juice fasts and liquid diets involve consuming you know, no protein at all. Some do have very low amounts of it, in particular, those that incorporate um, nut milks, that's, that's very popular, um, but certainly not enough uh, for daily required intake. If you're a young, healthy person, consuming only fruits and veggies for a few days might not be especially harmful. Um, but 
you know, you still might get sick due to this protein deficiency. The body needs protein to properly function. And in particular, older adults uh, tend to have a baseline of lowered protein stores. So that's also something to keep in mind. That's, that's a reason why adults, as you age, you actually lose muscle mass, even if you're uh, maintaining the same level of physical activity and a similar diet profile. Mm-hmm. So another issue, d- depending on which cleanse you do, the calories that you end up consuming can range from something like 800 to 1200 calories per day. Um, if done over a long period of time, the body goes into starvation mode and your metabolism may adjust and slow down. Um, typically, that's the opposite of the desired effect of, you know, for, for many people who engage in these types of cleanses. Also, while they may seem to achieve the desired results in the short term, you know, Andrea, as you were describing earlier, um, get rid of a lot of your water weight in particular in in the short term, many people tend to snap back um, by rewarding themselves after a cleanse and also you're freaking starving, right? So you, you know, you, you do this for a few days and then you end up consuming really high calorie snack foods. Yeah. Just it's, there's a reason that these are called yo-yo diets, right? Mm-hmm. You bounce, bounce, bounce one direction, bounce the other direction. I think, I think it's really important to be clear that, you know, even if you see this initial, you know, loss of weight, it, it's not fat loss, right? You are right. not losing fat. You are losing either water weight or or actual food weight that's hanging out in your gut, right? You have partially digested food sitting in your digestive tract all the time. And you're basically just flushing that out and replacing it with liquid, which, you know, is going to be excreted uh, in the form of urine much faster. So you're not, you know, even if you're dieting and you're losing weight, it's not actual weight, right? It's, it's transient water weight. Mm -hmm. Very, very important point. And the other thing I just wanted to mention is that it's likely that you're going to feel really crappy during a cleanse, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Common symptoms include fatigue, headaches, irritability, stomach pain, and difficulty concentrating. Uh, And as I said, I've been around people who've gone through these cleanses, and it's not super pleasant for them, nor is it super pleasant for those who are are around those people. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You're you're depriving yourself of, of critical nutrients, and you're dehydrated. You know, dehydration is a very, very common cause of headaches. So, of course, you're going to feel terrible. Right. So we have to talk about the celery juice (laughs) cleanse. I'm sure you've heard about it. So many influencers, I see it all the time, you know, start, start your day uh, with celery juice or these celery juice cleanses that are not just starting the day, but that you're only consuming celery juice for a few days at a time. Again, under this uh, assumption that you're somehow detoxing your body. So Mm -hmm. This juice cleanse in particular, um, there's there are claims that celery juice is the biggest medical remedy for digestive issues, autoimmune diso- disorders, psoriasis, acne, chronic fatigue syndrome, acid reflux, the shingles virus, strep bacteria, and weight loss. And many of the stories credit this guy, Anthony William, who's a self self-professed originator of the celery juice craze. So I just want to let you guys know, I am referencing this fantastic article um, published in the New York Times 
Times. We will link it on our website now that we can. Uh, and it's called, is, Je- is Celery Juice a Sham? So let's just take one moment to talk about Mr. William. He, he uses the moniker medical medium. He is neither a medical doctor nor formally trained in nutrition. And his process is unconventional. This is a quote. Spirit starts to speak to me and I write every word exactly the way the spirit wants it until I have a stack of notepads many feet high. It's a gift that was given to me. So to be clear, there is no scientific evidence to support any of the claims being made. Um, this this is a quote from Rachel E. Schur, who's an assistant research scientist in nutrition at the University of California, Davis. There aren't large studies in humans on the topic, and the little research that exists on the vegetable has been cellular or animal. Now, let's say you do this cleanse, you know, you're drinking celery juice, and you say, oh, well, you know, I've done it, and I feel better. This Really, maybe it's not all that surprising with celery juice in particular, at least in the short term, because other factors could be influencing your sense of well-being. For starters, celery juice is 94% water, so it might be that you're just staying hydrated. It could also be a placebo effect. It's worth noting. Oops, sorry, were you going to say something? I was just going to jump in, Jess, and, yeah. and say that maybe this is a good time to to note that anecdotes, which are you know personal stories, oh. are, are not data. Yes, please. Oh my gosh, because you know we hear this all the time. People are saying, "Oh well, I did it, and I saw this and that," and it's like. Okay, you're an N of one, you're one person. Because this is not scientific, because this is not based on data designed, you know, in a in a well thought out study, there are certainly other factors that may also be impacting this outcome. So just a total, I don't know, this not to take us too off track, but let's say someone is doing a cleanse of some kind. It's likely that maybe they're doing some other, you know, they're making some other changes to their lifestyle. Maybe they're starting to exercise or over. Overall, they're improving their diet. And those things could also impact any outcomes that they're seeing. So that's really why it's so important to not trust anecdotes over science. Thank you so much um, (laughs) for for chiming in with that. So just a little bit more on celery juice. Uh, Celery juice isn't dangerous. You know, if you want to drink celery juice, that's fine. It's just that it's not a replacement for our daily nutritional intake. So Dr. Elizabeth Bradley is the medical director of Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine. And she says that, you know, overall, it's a healthy juice. It has more potassium and vitamin K than tomato juice and carrot juice, but it's lower in important nutrients like vitamin A, which is abundant in carrot juice. Unlike other veggies that may lose polyphenols and antioxidants from the pulp or skin when juiced, uh, it's unclear how much loss occurs when juicing whole celery stalks. So, No matter what, it's fine if you want to drink celery juice, but you shouldn't be drinking celery juice alone. Um, We should be consuming a variety of vegetables and fruits and their juices because they all have their own combination of these ingredients, these phytochemicals, antioxidants, vitamins and minerals that are all important um, for our for our health. Absolutely, Jess. Um, and and I, you know, I think something else, obviously, to to mention here is, you know, juicing is obviously very appealing because it it often can concentrate the nutrients and retain the taste of a particular food product. Right. Um, but some of those preparations reduce the fiber, which is actually the most advantageous part, right? 
if you're juicing something, you're going to, you know, only have about for celery 3.78 grams per cup, um, which is well below the recommended 25 to 30 grams of fiber that that's recommended daily. And most of that, you know, you're going to get from food. Fiber is you know, hugely beneficial for a variety of things, for regularity of your bowels. Um, it actually helps you feel full and suppresses your appetite. Um, and and something else that that I think people lose sight of is if your certain processes to juice fruits and vegetables um, actually concentrate sugar and you lose nutrients, especially if you're moving pulp and seeds and things like that. Absolutely. And and another thing is, so you're talking about sugar and there's also salt, right? Mm -hmm. So the salty flavor in one cup of celery juice comes from about 250 milligrams of sodium, which is an essential electrolyte, of course, that helps our bodies maintain a balance of fluids. The recommended dietary allowance is less than 2,300 milligrams daily, but most Americans exceed that. And we have to be mindful, of course, of our sodium intake because uh, sodium can increase blood pressure, which is a known risk factor for heart disease and stroke. So absolutely, Andrew. I know you you looked at some. Um, I, I don't know if they were uh, mm-hmm. systematic reviews looking into detoxes. Can you take us through the research a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, these links will be up on the website as well. So please feel free. So of course, you know we talk a little bit about how anecdote is not data, and and you know people claiming that they're beneficial is not you know a replacement for science. So ultimately, you know we have to look at the data. So there's been several systematic reviews that have looked at a variety of publications that have been published over the past few decades to determine whether or not detox diets for either toxin elimination or for weight loss actually have any sort of credibility. So there was a 2015 um, review in the Journal of Human Nutrition and Dietetics um, that basically investigated a, a series of publications that have looked at the efficacy of detox diets. The This review concluded that there was no compelling research to support the use of detox diets for either weight management or eliminating toxins from the body. There was a, a review published in the Journal of Nutrition and Obesity in 2017 that looked at four popular weight loss diets that are um, kind of propagated in, in pop culture. Um, so this was your juicing and detoxification diets, intermittent fasting, paleo diet, and also high-intensity training. So we're not going to focus on you know, the, the, the paleo and the high intensity training as weight loss techniques, um, where those are going to be for a future episode, but they did look at the efficacy of juicing and detoxification diets. And what they found was very consistent with the 2015 review. Um, you might observe some initial weight loss because of low intake of calories and, um, excretion of excess water weight. But Interestingly, this review also found that these diets tended to lead to weight gain once a person resumed that normal diet. Again, it's it's mm-hmm. important to keep in mind that you know these these detoxes are for a few days to a week to two weeks. They're not long term, right? Because you're consuming only a few hundred calories a day. There's not sustainable no matter what. So that once you you know do your 
body reboot or however it's advertised, most people actually gain weight because you yo-yo back in the other direction. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the, I mean, well, we've been talking about the safety or lack thereof of, of cleanses and detox diets, but let, let's talk about, um, you know, regulation. So just like the supplement industry, and we've talked about this in past episodes, these products are not regulated for efficacy or safety. So the FDA and the FTC, which is the Federal Trade Commission, have taken action against several companies that sell these detox cleanse products because, one, they contained illegal, potentially harmful ingredients. Two, they were marketed using false claims that they could treat serious diseases. Or three, in the case of medical devices used for colon cleansing, they were marketed for unapproved uses. Mm-hmm. So aside from the nutritional deprivation associated with these diets, there are other potentially serious health implications. And I know we've talked about um, some, but just to recap, um, some, well, actually, I don't think we talked about this particular issue. Some juices used in detoxes and cleanses haven't been pasteurized or treated in other ways to kill harmful bacteria. And this can make people very sick. Um, Illnesses can be serious in children, elderly people, and those with weakened immune systems. The, you know, these, these unpasteurized, you know, juices, they're often going to be marketed as raw juice and things like that. And if they're not stored or processed properly, um, you know, and a company is selling them, you know, certainly they can be, they can be detrimental to anybody, but, but potentially fatal in, in certain populations. Right. And I often, you know, I, I don't know, I've seen a lot of pregnant women and women who are breastfeeding go on these cleanses and detox. And that really freaks me out a for this pasteurization issue that we just talked about, which is why we tend to avoid certain cheeses when we're pregnant and other things. Um, But also like I think about when I was nursing, you know, you're, you're burning so many calories. It just seems like the worst possible time to do to deprive your body of nutrients right. and calories. So again, just to really underscore that if you know if you're even considering any of these things, you absolutely must speak to your medical provider. Also worth noting that some of these juices are made from foods that are high in oxalate. Um, two examples are of high oxalate foods are spinach and beets. Drinking large quantities of high oxalate juice can increase the risk for kidney problems. I, I actually suffer from kidney stones, and so I have to be very mindful to avoid... I had an oxalate stone, so I have to be very mindful to avoid um, these particular, uh, you know, spinach and beets and, and other things. And so again, 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 again... All the more reason for you to speak to your medical provider, because really, you know, some of these ingredients might actually, you know, you you should be avoiding these. Right, right. (laughs) I was just going to say, you know, we talked, obviously, people with diabetes or other, you know, legitimate medical issues, um, you know. Obviously, you should not be adjusting your diet, especially when it's going to affect carbohydrates and things like that, that could affect, um, you know, your insulin response. Um, But of course, you know, Something else that we talked about with regard to the colon cleansing procedure, so that would be things like giving yourself enemas when it's not medically prescribed or um, colon hydrotherapy or even taking laxatives. These can obviously cause additional gastrointestinal diseases. Um, They can obviously be magnified in people with history of GI diseases or colon surgery or hemorrhoids or kidney disease or even heart disease because you're affecting... Um, you know, byproduct excretion from your blood and your stool. 
Um, but because you're taking these things that are going to lead to dehydration and electrolyte imbalances, this can also lead to things like um, diarrhea and diarrhea ultimately can also progress to other um, structural GI or colorectal issues like we mentioned, anal fissures and even fistulas. Mm-hmm. So how can our listeners spot a fad or pseudoscience diet from a nutritionally, scientifically sound one? There are some keywords to, to, to look for and certainly anything that promises some sort of a, you know, a magic bullet solution uh, promising in particular rapid weight loss without acknowledging the energy balance equation um, or the need to increase physical activity in addition to restricting uh, energy intake. So, you know, fad diets may even claim to be based on some new weight loss secret. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a really big red flag. <laughs> Something, and, and obviously we're going to talk more about kind of fad diets and diets in general and nutrition in the future. But generally speaking, if your diet is, is simply relying on rapid dehydration, that's obviously not a diet, right? Mm-hmm. And the goal to weight loss is a combination of consuming less calories than you're burning, but not in a way that's crashing your body and your metabolism, coupled with healthy activity. So mm-hmm. there's extremes on either end, right? Consuming almost no calories and exercising compulsively to the point of exhaustion. Neither of those are our healthy lifestyle or sustainable habits. Absolutely. Also, any diet that emphasizes one or certain types of foods at the expense of promoting adequate intake from all food groups. Again, you know, everything's a is a balance here, but fad diets may allow unlimited consumption of some food types, but typically provide a monotonous and rigid diet. And these are usually nutritionally imbalanced. And, you know, we might be getting some vitamins and nutrients, but we're neglecting others that are necessary. Um, Other things to look out for, sometimes, you know, a marketing technique is to use scientific jargon to give this air of credibility, but, uh, you know, is not supported by any scientific evidence from independently conducted studies published in scientific journals. I think, Jess, this is the biggest one. You know, we haven't talked about the entire array of fad diets or, or fad wellness trends in this episode, but right. it's 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 this, you know, they'll throw in a buzzword like balances your microbiome or includes this or includes that. And it sounds it sounds vaguely legitimate, right? And so people kind of who are not in the scientific field are like, oh, well, that sounds like a good thing, you know, and they kind of get sucked in without understanding the fact that that is, again, just using a marketing ploy. And a lot of those are going to be these magic juices, these magic magic supplements, you know, um, you know, basically promising this, you have to follow this product, you know, formulation, and that's going to help you, you know, lose weight, clear your toxins, you know, all of these kind of buzzwords or should should raise a red flag. On the contrary, scientifically sound diets promise realistic and healthy weight loss targets of up to one kilogram per week. They set a minimum limit for overall energy intake. They include appropriate amounts of food from all food groups, including at least 150 grams of carbohydrate foods per day and adequate fiber. 
Um, they aim to change eating habits in the long term. Again, none of this, you know, short term yo-yo stuff that Andrea has been describing. And they factor in physical activity into this energy balance equation and aim to increase physical activity. Because again, there's no one magic bullet. You know, it, it's if you want to eat healthier, that's great. You have to be mindful that you're getting adequate nutrients from the foods that you're eating. You also want to keep in mind physical activity and exercise. There's no, you know, if anything is promising you a quick solution, I think that's obviously another really major red flag that I'm sure we <laughs> we referenced on this episode. These things do take work and time if you want an actual, um, you know, to see sustained uh, effects of any kind of dietary change. Yeah. And I think one last thing as a, as a word of caution is if someone is advertising or selling a product or a solution or a regimen and they have no relevant qualifications like Mr. Medical Medium, right. um, that, that should be an automatic red flag as well. You know, there are so many companies and organizations or, you know, individuals who are trying to make personal profit um, by getting people to buy these supplements and, and detoxes and juices and things like that. Well said. Andrea, you want to take us home? <laughs> Sure. So to summarize today, again, detoxes and cleanses in the wellness industry are very popular buzzwords, um, but they are founded in um, no scientific evidence. They don't actually remove toxins. You have liver and kidneys that do that for you. And ultimately, all they are are diets or regimens that um, aim to dehydrate or flush your body of your food waste in a rapid fashion to uh, give the guise of rapid weight loss. So, you know, steer clear, maintain a healthy diet, and, and obviously keep your eyes peeled for these pseudoscience um, advertising schemes. Um, the other thing that you should consider, again, is that because these are not regulated, they may in fact actually contain harmful substances that can be detrimental to your health as well. So thanks for joining us today. We hope you learned a thing or two. And if you like our pod, please share with your friends and family and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, please also be sure to check out our social media accounts at Unbiased SciPod. We post often on Instagram and Facebook, especially with regard to continuing COVID-19 updates. And also check out our brand new revamped website at www.unbiasedscipod.com. You can check out links for all of our episodes, graphics to supplement the audio experience, check out our new merch, and if you want, leave us a donation. So for next week, we're going to continue kind of in this same vein. And we talked a little bit about this this week, but next week we're going to talk about whether or not it's possible to increase or decrease the acidity of your body. And as I mentioned, we will continue to provide your COVID-19 updates on our social media accounts. Catch you next time on the pod, your trusted source for no nonsense, just science.